is much ado about fiction. They created words just because he wanted to. I'm Gru McKay. Oh, hot dicky River Rainbow. Ivy Europa. Other man. Brought to you by Ladies in an Attic. Our topic for today is. Personification. Ding ding ding! <laughs> and who's up but River Rainbow? Hello, guys. So, Alice in Wonderland is this crazy thing. Quasi cupcake. Why is that? Crazy cupcake. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Back to Alice in Wonderland. It's crazy. It's really crazy story. It's about a girl. Well, everybody knows the story, I'm sure. But ask yourself, um, do you know it? It's this little girl who's out. Well, she's out hanging out in the garden with her mom, and then she sees a bunny out of the corner of eye running, so she starts chasing it, and then she falls down its hole. She's got really bad I'm ADD, late, really clumsy girl, really lost in her very own head. Very clumsy. And her cat chases her and doesn't go down the hole with her, which is so smart. sad. The cat could have had a good people. time. Yeah, the cat would have had a great time. Maybe the cat would have had a better time like, than she had, cat, probably. Though. Who knows? And she does oh, crazy true. shit on the way down, because there's like rocking chairs and lamps and she turns on a lamp and then she's able to see the whole tunnel and it's like a crazy tunnel with floating stuff everywhere and then she sits in a rocking chair in midair and rocks back and forth on it and then slides off keeps on going down and then i forgot her first thing but she drinks stuff that makes her small and drinks stuff that makes her big and then she's talking to a doorknob that's telling her stuff personification doorknob <laughs> so personification is putting a human persona in inanimate or non-human objects. Yes. Yeah. And anthropomorphism because yes. of the rabbit and stuff is attribution of human traits, emotions, or intentions to non-human entities. Yeah. Or those like under the same pretty category? Much, or? You know, I think it's essentially I think the same so. thing. It seems like the, they, they give me the, just the same overall just like feeling. I think that one probably has more of like a biology twist on it or something. Like it's like things that are alive that do have personalities, but they're human this time. Humans only. But yeah. And then she meets the Mad Hatter and the Cheshire Cat and all these folks. I really like the talking flowers just because I really wish that flowers would sing to me also, even though they got angry. And then I also like as pretty as you think, huh? It's personification is more like the wind howled and the car groaned. That's personification. Huh? We're mostly talking about anthropomorphism. Huh? So that I guess my examples are a little bit more yeah, anthropomorphic. Most of mine are except like my song. Personification whenever you say your stomach is growling. Yeah. You are using personification. True. True. Yeah. Or, uh, let's see, babbling brook. <laughs> Do brooks really babble, though? Exactly. The mm. fire devoured. Huh. That. Who devours oh, the, cool. that the wood. That would be a personification. So, actually, this con this um, podcast is mostly about anthropomorphism, so let's just... That's the title of today. That's <laughs> <the> anthropomorphism. <laughs> 
in slight personification, right? We're just kidding. We literally went to school for this crap, and we still didn't know the difference. <laughs> we learn. We love learning on this podcast. We do. The more you we know. love learning. <laughs> we or we W-L-L. <laughs> okay, well, the anthropomorphism thing, um, you know, that just instantly made me think of the Studio Ghibli, um, uh, not films, but movies. They're animated movies, you know, by, uh, I don't know, um, wow, I forgot the name of the director of those, that's sad, but another Studio Ghibli, but, like, Spirited Away, um, mm. All of, I don't know. Well, more so actually, like Howl's Moving Castle. I don't know if you guys are like the fire oh, is cooking love... the food. Calcifer. Yes. Calcifer's the best. Oh, he's, and who plays he's him? Very. Oh his voice. shit! Yeah, he's... he has a very recognizable. When Harry voice. met Sally, that's the guy who does it. That's his name. I mean, that's what who he plays. Oh, it's it's Harry. Miyazaki. <laughs> yeah, it's Harry. Yeah, Miyazaki. Oh, thank you, thank you. Goddamn. That oh, I, I like, freaking fuck love Howl's Moving Castle. I'm so it's such you. a beautiful. Movie. It's incredible. I feel like all of those, all of Miyazaki's films have probably a good amount of personification and or anthropomorphism, but yeah. I only thought of the cows for the fire. So, so wait, yep. describe, because I actually have not seen that one. I've only seen, uh, I watched one with you, I don't know, I think it was Spirited Away. Okay. This was like in like 2000. Yeah, where it's like it a little girl with her parents and they like visit this like village and the parents turn into pigs because they like sit down at the buffet they're like no it's fine and the little girl's like no and then like the parents keep sitting there and they like keep eating and like, meat and then she gets lost on her own she has to like work in a bathhouse but uh well that that's spirit away but I didn't yeah no. what's the castle for? um yeah so that one I, I I honestly always like forget how that one like starts. I can tell yeah. you. <laughs> Take it away, Greer. <laughs> um, so the main character who I cannot remember the name of. So Howl is a wizard, but he does not come into play for a while. It's it's this young it's eh, adolescent teenager, maybe young adult woman, and she is working in like a hat shop, and essentially she. <laughs> gets cursed to be an old lady and uh so she wakes up and she's an old lady and she uh is like oh well crap what am i gonna do i can't work here people are gonna be fussing about how i became an old lady i don't want them to know so she just kind of begins walking away and uh, she comes (laughs) along a cabbage cabbage head right cabbage head i think that's a character who is also anthropomorphic Cabbage head. He kind of looks like a scarecrow, but it's like a cabbage head with like a top hat on, like a stick, and he's just like. That's a, adorable. Yeah, it's a. Great you, I, you would love. You would love him. I think he's just. He's very charming. Kind of like spooky, but just like he's just innocent and yeah, kind and. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he like hops away on his like stick. <laughs> and he's like her dog essentially. He just like hangs yeah. out. He like they like have an instant connection, mm-hmm. and she. <laughs> kind of runs into Howl's castle at some point. His moving castle, because it moves. <laughs> and it's she, got, like, legs takes and it's, like, over. And there's a little boy that Howl takes care of. And so she just sort of starts cleaning the house. And that's how that's how it begins, is that she just sort of, like, decides to live with Howl. <laughs> it seems like she goes, she comes in and she starts cleaning. And Howl's like, what the... What the hell? And, and then he threatens okay. to kick her out, and she's just well, like, well, you're not gonna... 
You're stuck with me now for <laughs> As long as clean, old lady. What the hell? Yeah, she looks what like the hell? a 60-year-old lady. Well, not a 60-year-old, but like an 80-year-old lady. 75. Not a great yeah. looking. She didn't age fabulously well. She's like hunched over a little bit. She's short and cute. She's adorable. She is baby. cute. I feel for her. Like, that sucks. Yeah. Oh. It yeah. sucks to see, like, our own, like, ways of aging, I've got to say, like, right now, but She's just pretty, she deals with it hella good. She yeah. does. I'm gonna be hunched. She's a hard worker. Yeah. She just finds it, in, I feel like she kind of, like, insists on, like, staying in the castle and yeah. stuff, or just kind of, like, really, like, like, no, like, let me work for you, kind of, huh, wow, persistence. And Cal is hilarious. Yes. Oh. And it goes by Cal. Yeah. <laughs> and what is it? Cal. A fire. Fire. Who's yeah, like the, who's uh, mm -hmm. an anthropomorphic? Mm -hmm. Personified. Yeah, he's got a persona. He's, he's on his own. Um, yeah, it's like the stovetop. Uh, she like sleeps upstairs. It like, comes down like a staircase and then like cooks breakfast for him in the morning in like a little uh, cast iron pan and is like I don't know flipping the eggs. <laughs> and he's the fire underneath, he's, like cooking the eggs and he's kind of like making these like snide comments or like he's kind of sassy. Oh. I wish I could, like, think of, like, a quote from him, but he's kind of... Sassy fire. And she's like, oh, like, come on, Castle Farm, and, like, kind of just, like, has to be like, like, oh, you, like, come on, just cook my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, I wonder if, like, because that kind of reminds me of some, like, Adventure Time stuff, like, yeah, how dude, female. Yeah. But, like, That's is That's a really that... good example. Adventure Time. Yeah. Is, like, that... Anthropomorphic if it's because they're in a world where there are humans normally interacting. Well, no, I guess that is what that is. Never mind. I was like, what if it takes place in an alternate-ish type world or reality where like anthropomorphism? I think because is... we're reading it or we're watching oh, it, it would be there for um, anthropomorphic because we're the audience, oh, okay. so we're the ones that would decide. I don't think yeah. it's about the world. It's, I mean, because, like, um... You know what? We'll just go with Narnia. I couldn't remember what else I was thinking. But Narnia is an example of anthropomorphism, right? Like, Aslan, a lion, has a personality and is, like, given But they are weird about it at first. Yeah, exactly. Because they're, they're from a regular world, and then they come in, and they're like, what the hell? And in the earlier books, there is a section where, I think it's in the earlier books, or the late, uh, in the series, there is a section in them where they talk about how animals used to talk regularly. And, oh, And yeah. it was, like, long ago, because the, it must be in an older book. And it's and apparently all the animals stopped talking since then, and it's, like, a whole thing. And so, that would be anthropomorphism. That reminded me of... Anybody who is a Rudolph fan, there is like a whole <laughs> island of toys, misfit toys who talk and gather in their strangeness and in their flaws. And yeah, everything there is anthropomorphic. Rudolph is the cutest little guy oh, ever. I was just talking to my roommate early about like very, I was like, what's your very favorite Christmas movie? And she said something. I think she said like Jack Frost, which is like some hockey movie. But I said the Rudolph, mm. the claymation. That's. It's, so a miracle on our existence. For the existence. I almost cried the other night. And you without Santa Claus is the best, you guys. That is a you, real I think you guys are wrong about Rudolph, I'm sorry. I'll keep an open mind. But it's a claymation. It? It's claymation. <laughs> it's oh, the yeah. same. It's, it's the same. Mr. Heat Miser. 
I'm Mr. Sam. Oh, yes, Sam. And then there's like, I'm Mr. Snow. Is it Mr. Christmas? I'm Mr. Tangelow. Friends call me Snow Whatever I touch starts to snow in my clutch. I'm too much. I know both of them by heart. So Jack Frost is in that one. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I'm like almost positive Jack Frost is in that. Mm-hmm. I'm like pretty sure. You he has a cam- like okay. a cameo on that. <laughs> then he's in <laughs> so uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These yeah, are all these are all in the same universe. Because that's the one where it's um Rudolph. I would put yeah, one foot in front. Oh, the, the other. other. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that the other day, but I fell asleep before Jack Frost came in. And soon you'll be walking out the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it open. By <laughs> the claymation Christmas movies are a miracle. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, yeah, the only point that I had uh, for this, the me next request card to get meta about it. Um, but I don't know. Since we're now on anthropomorphism, um, Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, uh, who shit. the hell has been there? Bro. I haven't. Oh. <gasps> wow. You're lucky you, you haven't had to eat their pizza, so that's cool. Even as a child, I knew that their pizza was very, like, low-quality and gross. So I was just like, I don't know. Just, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 for some reason, like, I just, like, was always like, creeped out by the pizza. But also creeped out by, like, you know, the obvious anthropomorphic mouse and his band. But yeah, I think the, the pizza always shows. Does. <laughs> I don't mind them. I don't mind them. I kind of like them. I like animatronics because they're oh, wow. really creepy. I like them because they're creepy. <laughs> yeah. They've never done any. They've never done me wrong. So yeah, I don't yeah. like really. They've really done me so them. much good. <laughs> <laughs> they've done me more good than bad. They're running to me bad reps. Yeah. They don't really no. deserve it as much as we think that they do. Because anthropomorphic creatures can serve a really good place in music and books and film. They can't. They're great yeah, so. teaching mechanisms because yeah, yeah, they're great. I, yeah, really quick on that or whatever. I do think that, like, so, I am a woman, and it was really, uh, kind of, not, like, displacing, I don't know, like, as I grew up, like, everybody being obsessed with princesses, I was never that child. I was very, very obsessed with animal films, mostly Rudolph and, like, uh, Fox and the Hound and Bambi and Aristocats and stuff. And oh, nobody ever really talks yes. about all that shit. So those, I feel like anthropomorphism basically shaped my life because all of my favorite things were that. So I think they're really important for children. Hunting. And for people. Yeah. But, and for adults. Yeah. It does seem to be in a lot of children's stuff. Which I think it's should easier be more... for kids to digest it. Like adults, yeah. I think, get a, further and further away from that. Yeah, like cats. And... Like the new movie musical Ugh. coming out. It has to look like a human for like adults to watch it. Like what? Yeah. Or something? Well, I, I mean, know. I think it's because it's based off of the musical. I know, I know. I think I'd be more irritated though if they actually had cats. I think that'd be really bizarre to me. Because it's a musical. <laughs> I've seen the musical and it's fine, yeah. but I don't know why they're making it do a movie. It seems overkill. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty excited to see it. Just Most because Americans. Because it really weird. And that sounds cool. But I would watch yeah. it if someone else like buys it. Like I don't want to give them money for it personally. I don't know. I hear you. I do love Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Idris 
Idris. I I sounds wrong. Idris Elba. Anyway, he's gorgeous. I don't know if he's gorgeous as a cat, but I know for some reason I just assumed <laughs> like that sounds like the name of a gorgeous man, but I don't know who exactly that is. He's often. British. He he. There is a chance that he might be the um, new James Bond. Mm. If Andy Bernard isn't a cat, the Andy Bernard what? <laughs> Wait, he's Ed Helm is in that? <laughs> no, he was. In the office, he, like, yeah. came in just as the cat one time, like, performing Cats the Musical. I do not remember. Yeah. <laughs> so every time I think of Cats, I'm like, Annie uh, Bernard. Yeah, Annie Bernard <laughs> has to be in it. Oh, God. For me to watch it. No. I'll still watch it. I actually think it looks pretty good. You know, I thought it looked weird, and then I saw more commercials about it, and I was like, actually, it doesn't look that bad, but I still, I don't... I don't really want to encourage more of this behavior. <laughs> so, See, that's where so I'm at. I'm like, I want to know, but I don't want to, like, encourage, like, the actual, like, the creators of it or something. It's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Dame <laughs> Judy Dench is incredible, obviously. And then, um, it's not Patrick Stewart that's in there. It's, it oh, is... God, I, oh, actually, I'm glad Patrick Stewart's in Why can't I think of his name? I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Peter. <laughs> no. Uh, Lucas. Hannah. No. No, he plays. Pain, uh, he Pain plays Gandalf. Oh. In Lord of the Rings, he's pa- he's Samwise. like With Ian not McKellen. at all. <laughs> Ian McClellan. James. Ian McClellan. Thank you. Ian McClellan's in it. What are you just naming random? <laughs> Will Ferrell. <laughs> Chris Farley. Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, so anyway, Ian McKellen <laughs> is also in them and cats, and he looks Thank nice. you. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Um, but, so, since we were talking about Christmas earlier, I'm gonna head into a Christmas carol yes. that has oh. quite a number of, um, you know, I'm gonna say, I assume it's anthropomorphism, but the kind of... I don't entirely know what this would fall under, if I'm telling you Because you're well. time, right? What? Because it's time. Are you gonna say time? Sorry. Yeah. What, Be- you, what you got later? Because there's the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come, <coughs> right? Mm-hmm. Which I suppose, is that what you're talking about with mm-hmm. time? Okay. Alright, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Those guys. Then yes, I wasn't about to talk about time. But mostly because they're spirits that are personified, right? They become a, like a physical entity for Scrooge to see. But, um, so they... I, I don't know hmm. if... But is it so, yeah, I, I think that's more of a personification in some such, because they personify these things. Like, yeah, Christmas pers- of past personifies memory, Christmas of present personifies generosity, and Christmas yet to come personifies, like, time and sort of the slow march to the end of your life, sort of thing. It's like a... Yeah, but with, um... With Christmas present... He has, you know, there's like an abundance of food around him, and he's got all of these kind of luxe clothes. And um, specifically, though, with him, is that he, I think, personifies sort of the spirit of, of just like spirit of giving, spirit of generosity, because he also protects um, children that are personified. Um, they're supposed to be ignorance and want. And, right? And so my favorite Christmas carol is the Muppets Christmas Carol. (laughs) And it's wonderful. And I love it so much. But it does not have ignorance and want in it. 
it, really? it ignores ignorance around. And so it does, I think it's because it's meant for kids, and maybe they're like, they don't want to freak they kids out. They are really creepy characters. Yeah. Yeah, they're very kind of disconcerting. <laughs> I gotta rewatch both of these, like the Muppet version and the human version. Yeah. You well, should watch Humanoid and Muppet. <laughs> There's, have you seen the, I don't know who like direct, but Jim Carrey's in it and it's like a cartoon version. No, I haven't. It's like a cartoon version, but it's kind of like the Polar Express with that Tom Hanks, like how it looks like him. Like it looks like Jim Carrey, yeah. but it's cartoon. It is seriously mind blowing and it's like super amazing. Yeah. Very, very creepy. One of my favorite creatures. Oh. And those characters in it are scary shit. Oh yeah, well they're supposed to be, which is kind of I'm I'm sort of sad about it not being in the Muppets Christmas Carol, but the Muppets is far less scary and far more like For sure. enjoyable, funny. I mean they're singing songs. So yeah, it's still my favorite. But I don't know. there's a lot of kids movies that like we had to grow up with that like. That had really creepy characters in them that were very disconcerting characters that like children nowadays just aren't exposed to at all because like people are like oh that's too much for them like we had to grow up with like, too many creepy things so, like let's leave that out like, yeah kids well, gotta grow up some days I don't know it makes you tough the sooner you expose yourself to things so. and ignorance and want are such an it's important kind of lame in my opinion I agree yeah I mean well and it's such Space an important it. lesson to learn specifically like yeah. with a Christmas Carol is because ignorance is just they're showing what is wrong with Victorian society. And and it carries on to the society now about how people that are poor stay poor and kind of the cycle of that. Like, with ignorance, if they don't get a proper education, they'll never get out of poverty. They can't get a proper education because they're in poverty. You know? And then with want, who's the girl? Ignorance is the boy. Want is the girl. And want is that, you know, they're not having their necessities met. They don't have the resources to have a full stomach or to have heat and clothes and, you know, and it's... So Christmas present um, shields them under his robes and, like, protects them. And so that's kind of emphasizing his role as the spirit of giving and generosity and that with generosity and giving you can protect the children of Victorian society. And today. I don't think that's just specific to yeah, Victorian society. Sure. But and then um Christmas yet to come, uh, like I said was kind of time waits for no man. It's the the march of time, march towards death. And Christmas yet to come sort of a personification of death. Which I've got a hell of a lot oh, of yeah. examples of death, <laughs> as, I, as I think uh, River does as well, because they're so just you're kind of inundated with examples of death in a lot of modern literature. It does seem like that is like the most personified, almost. I just feel like, no. like even like in Family Guy, like death is like a character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's just like a chill bro. Yeah. Like, ah, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> I think he smokes. Yeah, I feel like he, like, smokes and drinks a lot, and he's kind of like, he, like, uh, like, procrastinates. Like, undertaking people. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all different personifications of death. That's well, an interesting topic, too. Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. How prevalent it is. Yeah. They've got, go, they've go, got go. a lot of death, man. Yeah. I'm obsessed with die, 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 go, 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 go. Get on this. Don't waste your time living. 
Um, <laughs> Keep busy dying. Don't waste time living, die. <laughs> With like good omens, there's the four horsemen, which is kind of funny because the four horsemen, you know, obviously are in the Bible. That's like where it comes from. So they're already personified. They've already been personified in or an- anthropomorphic, anthropomorphized. Yep. Okay. <laughs> in literature, if we count the Bible as literature, anyhow. Um, so, in Good Omens, it's death, and death, war, famine, and, uh, pollution, rather than pestilence, because pestilence is what's in the Bible, but Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett have changed it to pollution. Yeah, modernized it, it's a good, smart move. Yeah, and, and so that's one of the things, but then death is, like, a character in Good Omens, and death is a character in the Discworld series that Terry Pratchett wrote on his own. And I think death is... Yep. A character in Neil Gaiman's Sandman comic series. Yeah. Oh, but I, I have a fun fact for you about death. Okay. <laughs> and renderings about death. Fun facts about death! <laughs> fun fact! Um, okay, so earlier renderings of the Grim Reaper, aka death, actually had him carrying around instruments of death, like arrows and Ooh. things. Like and a bunch of weaponry or something? Or? N- not a bunch of them, like, but like, he, he would be carrying... Yeah, like, that's kinda hot. Right, yeah, like, like all it. of them, like, like prepared, like, fuck you, yeah, <laughs> Like, I wanna be friends with that. But he, he like, benefits. Right? Yeah. <laughs> death would not be a bad friend with benefits. I mean, all <laughs> he would be... <laughs> unless you broke up with him, and then you're not gonna be living a whole lot longer. So maybe don't do that with that. <laughs> Ignore my previous statement. <laughs> I wouldn't want to tap that. Or maybe they'll curse you with, like, eternal life. That would be a worse curse than that, um, personally yeah. speaking. Breaking up with death, yeah. Oh, damn! I like that. That's gotta be <laughs> I like that a lot. It's <laughs> gonna be, like, the title of something. <laughs> an album or a band or a demo, an EP, an LP. Breaking up with death. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> but then, so so eventually, oh. he it, would, it was like the weapons that he would strike down his victims, if you will, right? And then it became a scythe, which is because I he became more of the Grim Reaper, you Dude. know? And so he reaped an, an agrarian society. He the scythe is what you reap slash you cut grain slash grass. And so it's like an example of agrarian society that Whoa. became the scythe. Is that not fun? It is a fun fact. Wow. See? It's a fun fact. <laughs> there we go. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. That is very fun. Right? It Thank tickles you. my fun Makes me like jealous. Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me like, kind of like jealous in a way or something. It's, I don't know, of that time, it's like, I wish there were more like scythes around. Yeah, things to <laughs> hack. You yeah, I want. I wish there things to happen. <laughs> Get yourself a little like hobby farm and just yeah. that, that can yeah. be your whole job. <laughs> a little like corner of my yard with like really tall grass. I'm just like, hack, hack, scythe, scythe. That would be one hell of a workout and a good way to get your stress out. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And a way to be outside and yeah. like a reason to buy a scythe. Everything yeah. is good about getting a scythe. Yeah. Four goddamn good reasons. <laughs> Do you need more? I think not. <laughs> You're gonna need you to get yourself You only need one reason to do it. Get yourself a Exactly. And the most important reason is, why not? I like that. Thank you very much. 
Well, I, I have a love affair with Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yeah, Terry Pratchett's Neil dead, so, so my love affair is very much one-sided yeah. at this point. Well, and much like my love affair with Neil Gaiman. And Sandman, uh, yeah. Well, there's Death and Sandman. She's super dope. She's like this, like she's a little girl, right? Yeah, I mean, not like little girl. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, she's not. She's endless. Like they're called. They're part of the endless. There's seven endless, and there's like death, dream, dreams. The main character, delirium. Fuck. I don't know. I'm bad at this. I haven't even finished the series. But anyways, there's other people. I don't even remember what I've named. Dream, death, delirium. I wish I knew more. <laughs> but they're all, yeah, they're part of the main characters or whatever, and they're all, like, personified and stuff. There's other people, too. There's this one guy who's, uh, who was one of my favorite characters. This girl was looking for her little brother. And this guy came into her life wearing, like, a, like a green suit, and he was just, like, a cool old man who, like, befriended her, and he was, like, a green... What was his name? Fiddler's Green was his name. Hmm. Yeah. And here's just, like, a little thing on the internet that explains them better than I would. Fiddler's Green is a place within the dreaming some years after Dream was captured. He decided to assume the form of a man and made his way to the waking world to live like a regular person. Um... Alright, well, that wasn't that good of a thing. <laughs> but it's like a place where everyone, like, wants to go is to, like, uh, Fiddler's Green. But it's actually, like, just, like, a person. Oh. And it, like, escaped <laughs> from... I think, like, it escaped from the place that was, like, being cat- Like, it, there was, like, a whole, like, universe or world, like, the endless world or something like that, that was, like, captured. I don't know. I'm, like, right. explaining this really terribly. But this one, one, like, guy slash place escaped from it. So it's, like, separate from everything Ooh. else. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I will stop talking about that because I'm really butchering everything. It's been a while since I've been reading it. I'm really bad at keeping up with shit. <laughs> but, um, Neil Gaiman has another book called Stardust, and in Stardust, he personifies a star. <gasps> Surprising, I know. Who would have thunk it? But, um, there is a Netflix, or there's a movie. Not, I think it's on Netflix. And is it called? Stardust. Oh, okay. Yes, and the book is called Stardust, and honestly, there fairly different, but they're both fabulous. So if you, I watched the movie first, and then I read the book, and they, like I said, they're pretty different, but I would actually recommend doing it that way, so you'll really enjoy the movie, because the movie is fabulous. And then you'll also really enjoy the book, because the book is also fabulous, but Wait, so you say, uh, see the movie first? I would, yeah, because when you read a book, you know, that becomes kind of... The holy you, grail like that's yeah. that's what you want it to reflect but rarely movies do a good job so watch the movie first in this case 
so you don't hinder your your love of the movie and then <laughs> read the book. I feel like it's not really that they don't do a good job. I feel like it's really, really, really hard to capture everything that you experience, like, inside your head. Well, they actually, like, add scenes in the movie. And they're good scenes. So they, they kind of change it that way. It's less... I think the emotional connection you get with the book is still there in the movie. Which I, is one of the things that I like about Neil Gaiman's writing, because he has a very specific yeah. way of writing, and it's kind of similar with Terry Pratchett. You can see why they wrote Good Omens together, is because their brains kind of work in surprisingly similar ways, That is a, which is still very weird ways of working. But I love the way Sandman is written. Yeah. It does seem to be a lot more... I almost want to say, like, wittier, kind of, but, like, emotional wit <laughs> or <Yeah>. something. <laughs> like, deeper and not, like, trying to be, like, funny or something, but things are funny because it's like, oh, you're saying this, like, emotional response in that way or something, I don't know. It's very relatable. Yeah. In, like, grand ways, because I can't really relate to crazy yes. battles against a million people in the depths of hell and shit like that. But somehow it is relatable. Battles? Yeah, that's why it's relatable, because it's, like, personifying <laughs> the things that you experience. Yeah, I like Ooh, it. Yeah. Speaking of things you, like, experience that are relatable, hey. I was just, um, I thought of, uh, like, Winnie the Pooh and how the, the, the characters in Winnie the Pooh yeah. represent, like, they're, like, they're all imaginary friends of Christopher Robbins and, like, how they, like, represent, like, certain aspects of his personality and oh, I was just doing a disorders. quick Google to, like, yeah, I just saw that they, like, represent, like, mental disorders, which, yes. I mean... There's no facts on that. We can't ask AA Milne ourselves, but I don't know. Here's just like a little list of like what apparently the different characters in Winnie the Pooh represent as far as mental disorders go, which we've all experienced are relatable things. Mm -hmm. um, but Pooh, uh, impulsivity, piglet, anxiety, definitely see that. Rue, autism, tiger, ADHD, or tigger. Eeyore, depression, obviously. Right. Um, rabbit, OCD, kind of obviously. Uh, Kanga, social anxiety, just constantly worried, worried about where Rue is. Um, an owl, dyslexia. Or narcissism. Huh. I heard that owl was narcissistic. Which I can see that too. What was rabbit again? Um, OCD. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I like that. It reminds no, me of. Um, I could definitely see all that. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, this town that they're in is like you. Ha you never watched it? No, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Blank. Um, yeah, blank. Yeah. No, blank. So, <laughs> the cul-de-sac. <laughs> Supposedly, in like the yeah, the cul-de-sac that they grew up, it's supposed to be um, uh, in between not heaven or hell. Purgatory. Purgatory. Whoa, dude. Much. What? I've yeah. never heard that. That's <laughs> bizarre. It's supposed to be purgatory because each of the characters represents a different time. Like, Ed and Plank. Is Ed? Ed with Plank? No, there's another kid that has Plank. Anyway, that's supposed to be like the Great Depression. The only time, the only thing he had to play with was a Plank. And then it's, there's a bunch of other Is this people. superior? Did writers say? 
It's a theory. Oh. Just like the Winnie Pooh. But I enjoy it because it makes it seem less like I waste my time on a silly show and more like I've read I was about learning about history. Lots of ways looking at that. It's like sometimes I get annoyed and I'm just like, why do they have to bring all these weird conspiracy theories into like these like childhood shows? But like, I like that better. <laughs> I didn't waste my time. <laughs> I've heard that about, about SpongeBob. Wolf. That, yeah. like, Mr. Krabs is green and all this stuff, and I was like, no, I think that... Well, I don't know. Not no. Mr. Krabs is definitely very greedy. Yeah, that is his thing. For some reason, I have a feeling that they're just all, like, geniuses, and if that happened to be, then maybe they accidentally did that. I couldn't... Oh, they've got to. Half of that stuff has got to be... That's so much thinking involved. In yeah, because Plankton's greedy. Huh? Plankton's mm-hmm. greedy. Or maybe his would be desire or lust or something. Or yeah. plankton could be anger. But Mr. Krabs could be anger. Yeah. But Pat- plankton. Patrick could be sloth. Yeah. Or gluttony, too. Yeah. This is like fewer characters in that show than some shows. Like, they can each represent, like, two of the. Squidward is definitely pride, though, right? I mean, and or OCD. Or, no. OCD is not. <laughs> just deadly sins. <laughs> I was like, disorders and deadly sins were crossing okay. over. There's the wrath, sins, yeah. pride, greed, lust. Sloth. Oh, I was okay. And then there's one more. What's the seventh one? SpongeBob is just Sloth. like beauty. Beauty. You guys must know. Oh my gosh. I, I didn't even know all those. Oh. <laughs> I knew gluttony oh. and lust. I think. Oh, and greed. You're saying them all. I'm oh, not. I got it. What is think it? Think rainbows. Rainbows. That is not helpful in the least. <laughs> I'm just like color. It's a Kendrick Lamar song. Oh, that gosh. I listen to I today like ten times. It's when you like something a lot of your of Lost something you're proud of. Pride. I just said it. Oh, pride. pride? Oh, no, yeah. I, I named pride. Oh. <laughs> Have pride, us guess again. gluttony, That's wrath, okay. greed, lust, sloth. <gasps> can't keep Hints. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> make us green. Guess. Green. Envy. Like, yeah. Envy. Oh my gosh, darn uh, it. Plankton's envy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, there we go. Gosh, darn it. What's Spongebob then? Beautiful. In this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Full of holes. Oh my goodness. That's God. He's the one allowing them to sin and being okay with it because. And Sandy would be yep. something. Just that forgiving. Yeah. Forgiving is a sponge. Yeah. Like, yeah. You squeeze He's just life s- itself. <laughs> taking in and letting out. See, and yeah, I heard oh, that Bikini wow. Bottom is because of the. <laughs> this um, should have been in SpongeBob. <laughs> for all the like profound, unexpected <laughs> profound quotes that they've had in that show. <laughs> Did you guys ever hear the, the thing about SpongeBob though being um? Because there was the, they can talk because of the bombings on Bikini Island. That it's supposed to be Maybe like a radioactive little, type thing. Yeah, weird. That the radioactive yeah. provided that. Which that seems more like I can see the writers coming up with that. Yeah, but Our, the, the seven yeah. deadly sins seems a bit more like. Yeah. Would have come later on if it really is an idea. It would have been like ten episodes in, like hey. That guy's really prideful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, and that guy has wrath. Look at that. Huh. We're gonna wrath it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. I've got so I have so many notes on this freaking topic. I apologize. I know that. I'm I know obsessive. That. 
So, one of the things that I want to talk about for multiple things, because I think it's fun, and and it, I, I would describe this as personifying things, um, and it's essentially mythology in general, but specifically Greek mythology, because that's what I know most, <laughs> most of, and I'd say Greek and Roman mythology more than, like, Egyptian and Norse, because Egyptian and Norse has, like, a fewer has fewer gods and goddesses, it seems like. Roman and mythology just have, or Roman and Greek have like an overarching pantheon. While from what I've researched, Greek and Norse have a significantly smaller pantheon of gods and goddesses. Anywho, so some of the things is that they just the gods were like human conditions or abstract concepts and emotions. Like Eros was love um, Thanatius oh, is okay. death, Nike is victory, Zealous is, like, Wait, zeal Nike? or enthusiasm. Yeah, it's victory. Never knew about that. This, okay, see, so this <laughs> leads to a great little snippet for me, another one of my fun facts, kind of, <laughs> is that, <Weirdo? laughs> so Jairus is the god of old age, aka geriatrics. Yeah, I was like, do you think gerontology, geriatrics? Hypnos is sleep, like hypnotherapy, hypnotizing. Hypnotizing, baby. And then uh, Plutus is wealth, like plutocrats. And Phobos is fear, like phobias. I like that. It's wild. And it came from good old Greek mythology. I have those. Oh, actually, <laughs> this is one of the most interesting, I think you guys are going to get kicked out of. Because I, I, was, I googled this to see if it was real and I could not find any like reason for the origin of this word but it's the same word so I feel fairly confident that it was actually to do with this god are you guys ready for this I'm so excited because I think we could go on like a whole rant about it if I'm gonna take this. a swig of cab yeah this. get some cab in your system let's, let's get ready cab. for this man. <sighs> all right give it to me so the god is sometimes called Hymenelus. But he's normally referred to as Hymen, and he's the god of marriage. Whoa! <laughs> yes, and his story is that he, oh my god, he loved this girl, <laughs> and a group of women were ca- kidnapped by pirates, and he saves uh. this group of women along with one of the women that he, you know, loves. And as his reward for saving these women from these pirates, he gets to marry this woman, and their marriage and their life is like such a happy one that his name is sung. It's like invoked in marriage songs <laughs> in Greek mythology. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm thinking the reason it's called a hymen is because people wrongfully, for the record, associate hymens with virginity. And you're supposed to save your virginity for marriage. And that's why it's called a hymen, because he's the god of wow. marriage. Ah! Isn't that just mind blown? That's really weird. Isn't and you couldn't find anything on that? Yeah. No, I was looking. It was like the origin of why it's called Hymen, and there's nothing on it. And, wow. And I, I mean, to be fair, I've been using DuckDuckGo instead of Google because it doesn't save your data and this or some sort. I don't know. But unfortunately, DuckDuckGo still does not have the same, doesn't come up with the, 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 the results quite as, as well as uh, Google does. So, but I, I think that that's one of those... I feel like it, it correlates so I mean, well yeah, that I have sure. a hard time imagining that's not the reason. And oh, it wasn't named after connection. a person, like a Mr. Hyman, you know? <laughs> <It was> like <laughs> <laughs> like, like the uh, the G-spot <laughs> oh. is named after a man. 
Who when I, I found that out, is. I was. I used to know that. Like, yeah. I have to look that up too. Wait, what about the G spot? It's named after a man with the last name G something. Oh. And so they called it the G spot for him. Uh, Graffenberg. Of course. Because yeah. he's. Well, it's already just... like an inconsistent enough like concept as it is. Seriously. Like, oh, find the G spot. It's like, oh, you gotta find it. That means like it's not in the same place on every woman, so therefore, I don't know. And like, some people are just like, no, I don't like really feel that. I know it's much sort of about that man. From oh, my really? days working at a fun shop. <laughs> the fun place. The fun place. And he was very the fun strange. And, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. spot is like... Did you know his last name? I did, yeah. It's Ernst. His first name is Ernst Grafenberg. Oh, I thought you were referencing like, a specific customer that gave you like, a Oh, no, no, the G-spot. Oh, okay, G-spot so the actual... Grafenberg. Yeah. I don't have Man to go that right now. But Grafenberg. I'm looking that up, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to see what you can find, but, like, man. the origin of the word hymen for referring to that spot. But that's my theory, and I feel like it's a decently sound... I could make that's an argument. Solid. Yeah. I think... I'm surprised you weren't able to find, like, any, like, search results for that. Yeah. Though... I hate that kind Maybe of people don't really f- learn about the god of marriage, right? Like, most people learn about the 12 main gods. <laughs> Athena, Apollo, Aphrodite, Artemis, Zeus... God, I should stop naming things. What's Artemis the god of? She is the goddess of the like the wild. Remember? She that is so amazing because there's a character in Always Sunny. If like anybody watches that, Artemis, and she's so wild. What? And I've taken multiple quizzes. <laughs> what? And I'm her. Oh, nice. She's also a virgin goddess. Yeah. Speaking oh. of virginity, she's but... not a virgin. Oh, okay. She fucks Frank a lot. Oh gosh, she's involved with Frank. That's is yes. that Danny DeVito? Yeah. Yep, yeah. it is. <laughs> well, no, if that's Dan DeVito, he's just not my type, so I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna write these down instead of, like, naming them on my fingers and then forgetting immediately after. Alright, so let's do this. Got a- One of the little personification, anthropomorphication things that I was thinking of as an example for this was just this one song called Rain by uh, the band Alpha Weasel, which we did from A. I don't know. Just kind of some calming lyrics. But it has some lyrics that personifies the rain. <clears throat> kind of, you know, I don't know. It's washing over a being as if it was a, if it was a person. Shortly after doing this recording, we looked up copyright law. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to say is that we don't have the music to play for you. So instead, um, as I am the only one available to record, I will be reading the lyrics off to you. So, uh, let's see. Rain, lovely rain, purge my mind of sticky thoughts. And let it rain, lovely rain, come and wash away. Lead me astray, take me to a place where we remain the same. One more day to wax and wane. I was lost within your frequencies. How beautiful your song. Now we're older than we used to be. It seems like we are gone. And that is Alpha Weezen. Rain. Apollo, Aphrodite, Artemis, Athena, Ares, Hera, Hestia, Hephaestus, Hermes, Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon. So essentially, whoever named these freaking gods really liked A's and H's. Ah. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a solid, stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs>